Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. Hello again and welcome to another edition of CTRM Radio. For this edition, we'll be talking about credit risk as it relates to commodities in the broader marketplace. And Patrick and I got to speak with Roderick Austin, who's a partner with CubeLogic, and Ian Turbin of Brady, who looks after the Brady Credit product. We've been noticing an increased amount of interest in credit just recently across the commodities space, and we thought that this was worthy of a, a quick dive and some discussion with a couple of the industry experts. First off, let's talk to Ian Turbin of Brady. Ian? We've been very active in the credit market at Brady recently, and I think one of the main things that we're seeing are that companies are looking for more innovative ways to manage their credit risk. I think the focus from many companies is to have a more holistic approach rather than having different different centers managing their own uh, credit risk exposures. They're coming together to have an enterprise-wide view of, of credit risk, and this is certainly one of the themes that, that we're seeing. Um, in addition, we're looking um, at companies that certainly are expecting uh, much more uh, intelligent monitoring of exposures and, and alerting. So, for example, the users are expecting to be able to have tailored screens uh, where they only get information that they're really interested in. Um, and on the alerting, um, they're getting told about things that are really interesting to them and they need to know to know about um, in real time so that they can manage their daily workflow better. Other things that have uh, come out in the last year or so is, is a need to actually understand unusual exposure trends. So while a company may, you know, in the past have been ticking along at maybe 50, 60 percent of their their credit limits. One of the interesting things is certainly if their exposure is uh, increasing at an at unnatural rate um, compared to the past, and that that's something new that we've been we've been seeing. I think in the past companies were happy to run batch-based processes, um, just running it overnight and managing their exposures the next day based on that. But I think more and more companies are looking to uh, have real-time. Uh, measurement of exposure, seeing the impact of intraday trades, and also looking to see the impact of trades that haven't been done yet. So pre-deal checking in in that case. Some of the other things that we're seeing that um, tend to be trending are the automation of some of the run-of-the-mill tasks, such as the automation of letters of credit quite tedious to have to maybe amend 50 LCs every single day. And certainly at Brady, we we are automating that whole process for our users so that um, they don't have to worry about the, the manual update of that sort of thing. And I think one of the other things that, that we've certainly seen is, is a desire to understand where the costs of an organization are coming from. So if, for example, you have to put in place guarantees or, or get letters of credit issued on your behalf, it's becoming more interesting to understand where where these um, costs have been driven from, which parts of the organization have caused this need for letters of credit or guarantees to be to be issued. 
one of the things that we were talking about the other day and was that I've seen quite a bit bit of more interest in, in credit than I've, I've it's come up in conversation many more times than, than it has in the past. Is there something going on in the industry in general that's driving that, do you think? Yes, Gary, I think I, I agree with you. I think this is the most active credit risk market's been in the past 15 years. And as you and I know, we've been in this industry a long time. It is an, is an, is an unusual state at the moment. And I think there's there are a number of reasons for that. The first is that a lot of the credit risk systems that are um, already in place are now getting to a point where they've sort of reached the end of their life. And companies are looking to renew them. And obviously, with technology moving on, uh, they want to make sure that they are going to either choose to renew with the company they already are using, or maybe there's something better out there. And we're certainly seeing that um, even with some of our com- competitors, customers, you know, they're going out to market, doing market scans, and then engaging with us to try and understand exactly what Brady has. And... Um, see whether that's better than the offer that um, they, they could go with with their existing suppliers. So that's an exciting point for, for the whole industry, really, is that there are quite a few of these renewals go, going on. I also think that the whole pricing of credit resistance has changed um, over the past years. I think companies are not looking looking to or have any interest really in, in paying large upfront license costs. What they're looking for is a is a one-off cost that includes the usage of the system, maintenance and support. And I think that knowing that um, there is a certain cost that, that, that won't be exceeded is something that's very appealing to, to companies at the moment. Are you seeing any trends with respect to the different types of credit being utilised, being driven by cost and complexity? Yes, I mean, I think, I think obviously the OTC margining is still, it still plays a, a large part in certainly the energy energy markets, and I think that for non-OTC trading, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on on the exchanges now. Certainly, we've recently done a done a project. Um, where we've hooked up into our commodity system, um, Trinity, and where we get real-time um, initial margin and vari- variation margin off the London Metal Exchange. But I do think that certainly this is one of the areas where people are really interested to work out the best the best credit mitigation tools that they can they can get in place. So, so whether that's doing more more trading on exchanges rather than having um, OTC margining with CSAs, or whether it's um, getting guarantees or whether it's getting trade trade fin- financing. I think you're right. This is one of the this is one of the areas where people are becoming much more savvy in determining what they and uh, which tools they wish to use. I know that Brady's been engaged in something of a redo of the credit solution. Can you give us a bit of a, an overview of what's been done, what's different, what's exciting, what's changed? Yeah, certainly. So the first thing that's obviously the most visible thing is that we've gone through a whole redesign of the user interface. So we've had a team of UX experts sit, sit down with users uh, from the user council 
and basically redesign the whole user experience of the system from top to bottom. And and this is relates to what I was talking about earlier, which is about having tailored screens, having information that is relevant to you as a particular type of user and not having to trawl through the system to find out information that, that you're really looking for and having it intelligently diverted and presented to you. So that's that's one of the things that, that we've been very keen to do. Um, obviously, um, having it on many diff- different browsers, device-independent software is, is obviously a, a main advantage. Getting alerting on phones with SMS texts, um, uh, getting emails sent out to people that need to know about things is 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 extremely useful. But we've also not just worked on worked hard on the UX layer. What we have done is we've completely recognized the underlying architecture. So we're now using REST open APIs. All the real-time calculations are now using HTAP, which is a hybrid transaction analytical processing. A lot of in-memory uh, calculations being, being done there to facilitate the real-time um, exposure calculation and monitoring and alerting. And so it's a very exciting time for Brady, and we're in the process of signing up uh, two, two new deals at the moment, which will all be done all the end of the year. Congratulations on that. How do you see credit moving forward? Um, is there anything that uh, you're looking to add to the current solution or one of the main changes is that traditionally the credit credit risk has been more heavily focused on energy and commodities. But what we're actually seeing is we're getting lots of um, different industries reaching out to look at our credit risk solution from airlines to car manufacturers to recycling, as well as the more traditional markets that, that Brady's been active in. And I think that this is one of the most exciting things is that the the whole market is so much larger than it used to be. Um, we've also had uh, financial companies reaching out to us um, and they're looking at the new Basel 3, 4 uh, directives. And, and we've had a lot of interest in um, CVA, uh, credit value adjustment as well. So so it's, a, it's an exciting time for credit risk. Thank you, Ian. Patrick also spoke with Broderick Austin, who's a partner with CubeLogic, about what CubeLogic is seeing in the market. We're speaking today with Mr. Roderick Austin, partner with CubeLogic, talking about uh, risk management, uh, credit risk specifically, and, and kind of the trends that are, are driving some of the, the, the activity in that market these days. Uh, Roderick, thanks for joining us. Uh, first question I've got for you is really what's driving the, the current needs for credit risk these days? Is there anything specific? Patrick, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, so when we, when we think about credit risk today, Markets tend to react uh, much more uh, effectively when there are uh, large bankruptcies or other credit migrations going on, and we haven't seen uh, those in the in the in the energy market space for a while. So the need for credit risk is not being driven so much from a need to manage potential uh, default events, but, but where we do see it coming from is the need to better understand the potential risk that you're getting into with entities, and so. Topics like uh, KYC, know your customer, uh, and compliance, onboarding, ensuring that you're doing proper background checks on your uh, your credit counterparties, things like uh, sanctions checks, anti-money laundering, politically exposed individuals. These types of uh, activities are becoming uh, a lot more prevalent, and we're seeing a lot of them being requested from our customers in the marketplace at the moment. So in terms of a current and, and, and recent trend, I'd say that's probably one of the larger ones. 
in in terms of know your customer being a current trend, is is that a significant change from what we saw, say, five, ten years ago? Or are there uh, other requirements for systems now that didn't exist five, ten years ago? Yes, I think the requirement is certainly for a much more integrated view of the world. I think historically you saw those types of activities occurring more in compliance departments. And what we're seeing now is much more collaborative onboarding processes that incorporate the credit department as well as compliance. And so credit folks are now becoming more concerned and and, and more invested in ensuring that when they're extending lines of credit to individuals or requesting collateral or authorizing a trade floor to go do business with somebody, uh, that they are fully aware of of what the um, potential implications are. Uh, And and then from a credit standpoint, um, you know, from compliance, obviously they want to ensure that they're not dealing with somebody who's violated any sanctions or done things like that. But from a credit standpoint, they're they're then, um, you know, better equipped to ensure that they've got the right mitigants in place and that the credit policy is being adhered to in in a much more effective way, whereas previously compliance and credit were operating almost in um, standalone silos. Clearly, the the requirements for credit and compliance are, are I think, getting more well-established, particularly in the U.S. and, and Europe. Uh, is there any trends globally outside of kind of the, those market regions that you could point to as, as terms of new credit requirements? So we're certainly seeing new uh, instruments being used to mitigate risk. You know, things like credit insurance uh, policies, trade credit policies have been used for a couple hundred years in, 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 in other industries and are actually used quite pervasively in Europe, but have not seen same levels of usage uh, outside of U- Europe. That's certainly changing. Uh, we see a lot of requirements now and need for our customers in order to be able to track these types of instruments and use them as uh, offsetting securities for the exposure that they take on with a particular counterparty. So uh, trade credit insurance policy is becoming much more popular. And then the other one we see uh, a fair amount of recently are surety bonds. I know that the uh, the carriers are offering surety bonds as a potential alternative to letters of credit because of the uh, generally perceived higher cost nature of, of executing an LC uh, with, um, with a financial institution. And so the carriers are trying to compete for that business by offering types of bond products. And they seem to be getting some traction with that as well. So from from, from our standpoint, these are the types of requirements from a systems perspective that we see as, as fairly new and evolving requirements when it comes to the world of credit. Roderick, in terms of kind of some of the emerging technology we've seen, particularly around AI, RPA, those kind of things, are there any that are, are reaching over into the, the credit and credit risk, credit management side of the business? Uh, that's a great question, Patrick. Uh, yes, we absolutely see that. So yeah, I think these are, these are buzzwords at the moment that a lot of credit people hear um, but don't fully comprehend. But when we listen to them and what they're trying to uh, achieve with their portfolios and and their data sets, it really lends itself well to these types of technologies. So credit people are looking for more predictive analytics that will look at the totality of the portfolio that they have, the transactions that they're doing with an entity within their organization, but then also reach outside of their organization and look for information that may come from news feeds or social media sources uh, or, or, or other content providers and provide a more holistic, integrated, analytical view of what may or may not happen with a particular counterparty. And so, you know, one of the use cases that we've seen 
is kind of a predictive sentiment type score that goes out and grabs all of this information, whether it comes from Twitter or from LinkedIn or from news feeds or from wherever, and provides a quantitative assessment of the potential yeah, sentiment of, of a counterparty. Is it generally positive? Is it generally negative? And then track that over time so that you can see if you're dealing with a private entity, for example, where you don't have good access to financial statements, uh, this provides you another quantitative metric to ascertain whether they should be on a watch list, whether they're degrading in their overall uh, credit worthiness or potentially could be degrading so that you can take uh, remediative action against them and ensure that your portfolio is adequately protected. Those types of methodologies around um, artificial intelligence and machine learning, we do see being applied to credit right now, and it's becoming much more popular. And there you go. Thank you for listening to this edition of CTRM Radio, a podcast from Commodity Technology Advisory that can be found on ctrmcenter.com as well as SoundCloud and iTunes. Please visit for back issues of CTRM Radio along with research, opinion and insights into technologies and commodity markets. My name is Gary Vasey, and I'd like to thank you on behalf of myself and Patrick Reams, and also thank our guests today, Mr. Roderick Austin and Mr. Ian Tobin, and we hope to see you again in a future edition of CTRM Radio. Thank you and goodbye. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Basie and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.